Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I am Doug. And I'm Joe. And we are here with a cigar today and all kinds of opinions and ideas on how you should respond to what is current in the events of today. <laughs> so, uh, we've had the cigar in our hands so probably under five minutes. I'm going to turn just a little. I don't feel like I'm fixing the mic well enough. And, uh, but uh, here's what we got. One I've been looking forward to just because it looks cool. It's probably the coolest shaped cigar we've had. I'm not sure. With like with the double banding and things like mm-hmm. that too. Yeah, the, the band well first of all it's a perfecto, which is kinda if you were going to be posh about cigars, like you would only smoke perfectos, I think. Sure. Or or, uh, or something like that. Just because they, they look like kinda old school cigarish and and um, anyway they're they're cool looking. This is the uh, Christoph 685 Woodlawn. And being the shape, it's actually, according to the notes, it's 60 right in the center, but then it goes almost to a point, really, really sharp down to the uh, head and the foot of the cigar. And um, it's one of the, I don't know of a Kristoff that costs more than this cigar. This uh, was a $14 stick, probably one of the priciest ones we've smoked. We tried to stay in the 8 to Eight Con- to ten, Colin Manor. Yeah, yeah, in the eight to ten dollar range, and uh, but um, so I have high hopes for this one. Not only because of the price, it just looks nice. The banding, there's a double band on it. The bands kind of interlock with each other. Looks sharp, and it's actually um, it's named for the brand founder Glenn Case's address uh, for the first twenty one years of his life. I think it maybe might be somewhere in Chicago. Can't remember, but basically named after his address. Now here's the the coolest part. Um, this has a small batch production. Only 2,000 10-count boxes were produced. I didn't know that when I bought it, so that's not very many cigars. Um, so it makes me feel kind of cool that we got this semi-rare cigar. And uh, it's a blend of super special tobaccos. It's their words, not mine. <laughs> um, and they, they call it a memory maker, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's a blend of nicker... Yeah, that... Uh, because it's his address when he was younger. It's going to bring back memories, take you back to your childhood, because I smoked cigars when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about what's inside it. Um, the filler is Dominican, Nicaraguan, and a mysteriously undisclosed filler leaves. That's what's, what it says here. Um, they're all layered inside a Nicaraguan binder and then topped with a sleek and oily Brazilian wrapper leaf. So that's what we know. We also know that it should be medium to full-bodied, according to the 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 people that know. Well, I gotta say, right off the bat, I don't know. Okay, so this is you said in, in your little uh, description there that this is maybe the most expensive Kristoff that you know of, and obviously it's a special cigar. But I'm gonna say, right off the bat, this seems to be a tier higher than maybe anything else that we've smoked. It tastes. There are there are new, there are nuances that I've never tasted in a cigar. In this cigar, I'm getting that fruit. This like a fruitiness that I've just not encountered before. Maybe I'm crazy, but it's like. Well, so I think I I think I have a preconceived notion that um, a good higher end cigar is going to be stronger, like really powerful and. This is not, right? It's super smooth and not terribly strong, but really, uh, there's a lot happening. The retro hail is 
completely smooth. There's no oh, burn, wow. there's no burner sting at all. It's just so smooth and rich and tasty. So my my first my first two the first two things I, th I thought I tasted first just on the first draw it was just a real light wood honestly a little bit unassuming like right. not too wowing just a nice light wood and I thought I was getting pepper but not spicy pepper like the, like a green pepper red pepper um, yeah bell pepper bell pepper is what I'm trying to say like bell pepper um, and um, that's all for now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig too hard yet you know you start it you light it that's that's what we got. It lit well. It's burned well for ten minutes. Mm -hmm. So, you got anything more to say? No. It was at first. It was a little tight. And okay, so we we'd had a little discussion before we turned the recording on of how we cut these because they're a little bit finicky to cut because the tip is or the head is so small. And so, using the cigar cutters that we have, which I don't know, is there a style? Is there a style name of the cutter that we have? The one is Cubans Craft. Cuban Crafters is the one. Okay, so. It's Cuban Crafter, it kind of limits how deep you can set your cut. So I cut this three times. You cut twice, is that right? Mm -hmm. And the actual, the the, uh, the cap of the cigar goes down quite a bit longer. So I think if you wanted an easier draw or whatever, you could you could make that happen. Um, mine's a little tight. It's loosening up a little bit as we go, obviously, as you open the foot up. Um, but kind of cause for concern, because if a cigar this fancy and yeah. this neat, you want it, you want it to go well. Though. Yeah, and when you're smoking a cigar where the, where the head is pointed like that, don't be afraid to cut it a couple times. You don't want to cut the cap clear off or it'll unravel. But that opens it up for a better draw if it, if it is snug. But um, I forgot to say, it's kind of a, I said wood, but it's kind of a sweet, sweet woodiness. There might even be a... Might even be like a cinnamon, but, but I'm pushing it right now, so I don't, I don't want to say that yet. It's not, it's not that spicy, but anyway, we're not going to go any further. We'll, we'll let her rest. Let her settle in, and we'll talk about stuff. We'll theorize about the mystery mystery filler. Mystery filler. That's As we right. Get more of it. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, I think it came from Southeast Iowa. Some Southeast <laughs> Iowa yeah. tobacco that they put in there. <laughs> I bet. It's got tasting some sweet corn. <laughs> some <laughs> some pork. <laughs> okay. Pork. Okay. Maybe not. I don't taste any pork in my cigars. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, so what's most current, most recent? Well, I'll tell you what got my blood up is this thing going on with Antifa. And, I mean, I don't even know. Here's the thing. I was, I was thinking on my way here that we were going to need to talk about this today. And I thought to myself, what on earth were they even, were they pro they're, they're protest protesting anything in particular? And then I realized... I don't even care. No, I don't care matter. what they're protesting. Anytime you show up with weapons and masks, you're you're delegitimizing your right to protest. In my mind, anyway. What? Yeah. What do you? Well, you know, I think we're we're in an era where we have to ask the question, not just generally, but specifically of certain people, certain politicians, we have to ask the question, do you denounce this? Do you denounce hitting someone in the head with a pipe if you disagree with them? I, it's, it seems silly to even ask, mm -hmm. but we're in an era where we have to ask that, and if they don't say yes, absolutely, 100%, I would dare say they shouldn't be involved in politics. Mm -hmm. 
um, there's a problem. Yeah. It's really hilarious. It's, well, not hilarious. It's, I guess, ironic to me, the, the aligning that's going on with some of these politicians. Like, how, I mean, okay, let's just look at Antifa for a little bit. They, in my mind, they are absolutely a terrorist organization. They're using violence to further their political agenda, right? And isn't that pretty much the definition of terrorism? Or the threat, violence or the threat of violence mm -hmm. to further... And I'm not even sure what they're... I mean, they call themselves anti-fascists, but honestly, none of their actions that I've seen back, back up that... That claim. That claim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anti, Antifa... Somebody was saying it stood for anti-First anti Amendment. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I forget who it was. I think it was like... Huh. Somebody prominent. I don't know. Huh. But yeah, I mean... It's just fascinating to me that anybody could align themselves with Antifa. Mm -hmm. But, you know, along the lines with politicians that have, have aligned themselves with them, or at least refused to denounce them, I just don't understand where the sheriff is in that area. Because it's one thing for a mayor to command a police chief to stand down. It's a completely other thing for a county sheriff, an elected office, to stand down when, when there's violence being done on the streets. I just blew, I blow my mind. Yeah, I don't, and I, I, I'm digging, trying to figure out why, how this, this could happen. And it is a big city. We're from, we're from small town America, which maybe it's different in the big city. I, I don't know why it would be. I can't think of any logical reason why. I'd almost think it, it would be more serious in a big city, more serious that you'd need to respond to violence and mm -hmm do away with it immediately than even in a small town. I mean, you know, when a, when a kid, who, who wasn't a kid, technically was 18, threatened me via text. Um, you know, I called the police, they took the text, and they took him out of school and brought him instead of to the police station down to my office, and his dad came with him, and even though he was 18, his dad came with him had a pretty serious talk with this young man. I knew he was going in the military. Didn't want to ruin his military career, so I didn't want to press charges. This is, but I'm like, this is serious. This is a big deal. He didn't. Even, he didn't even swing a pipe. He didn't even throw a brick. He just said he was going to do something. Mm -hmm. And um, he was pretty scared, and I'm glad. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, just forgot where I was going. No. I had something I was going to say. It'll come back to me in just a second, so... Okay. Well, it's... I, the, so, I'll go, I'll go here. Um, somebody was milkshake. Might have been Michael Knowles. Somebody, maybe he wasn't milkshake. Maybe they threw water at him or something. Some uh, pundit I listened to uh, that talks about politics and such was somebody threw something at him, and I think it was ended up being water. But I, I think we're going to have to get... In the climate where it is today, we, we need to get serious and specific in our laws and rules against that. And he was commenting afterwards, you know, uh, somebody else was talking about the event afterwards and said, well, it was just water, or if you milkshake somebody, it's just a milkshake. Well, but the person that's having it thrown at them doesn't know it's just a milkshake, doesn't know it's just water. They're still a victim, even if it is just a milkshake. Right. And somebody's still being hit with something, and at some <laughs> still point... still assault. I mean, yeah, it's still <laughs> assault. Exactly. Thank you... <laughs> Reserve Sheriff Deputy <laughs> <Yeah>. Joe. <laughs> so. and, and that, okay, so that, I, re I remembered what I was going to say. 
I think that the lack of response that we have seen against Antifa by law enforcement is creating a bigger problem. Yes. And um, I think it was Dinesh D'Souza, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, that was highlighting that these, these activists, these anti-fascists or whatever you want to call them, are provoking disorder so that they're basically creating a problem so that they can, so that their political allies can solve it. And that if, here's what I'm trying to say. Law enforcement have to crack down on this. It's their job. They have to do it. If they don't, the people will do it. Yeah. And that's going to create an atmosphere that is going to break down some very fundamental, basic parts of our American life that's, that's going to do lasting harm. And I'm scared about that because there are already groups rising up, that groups that I kind of politically at least agree with, guys like the Proud Boys, some of these sort of anti-Antifa groups which have, have filled the vacuum necessarily, I think, because if the police aren't going to protect people, somebody has to. Um, I, just, I think that's right. You know, Somebody's got to protect them. Um, if the police don't do it, and we have war in the streets, because I tell you what, some of these guys that are on the opposite side of politics from Antifa, they're not going to be carrying crowbars and milkshakes. They're going to be carrying guns and, and real weapons, if, you know, big air quotes around that. T- they take it serious, and if the police don't get involved and do something about it, it's going to get nasty. Well, I, I agree, and, and some, what I want to touch on is we're, we're, not, we're not saying that to make a threat or to encourage yeah. that anyone else um, do this. What we're doing is saying there's, a, there's I think, I'm, a, I'm assuming that you're saying the same thing I'm going to say here, is that there's a fundamental part of every human being, not only to protect themselves, but what, what I like to say, um, to protect you and yours. Now, the yours part can expand quite a bit. Sometimes it's your children, sometimes it's your wife, sometimes it's your house, sometimes it's your property, your things, whatever whatever that is. And on a legal level, it at least expands to the life around you, but it also legally expands to property to some level, but I'll admit at a little less important level. Well, how about even society as a whole? You protect your culture. Yes. So Exactly. Your just culture. Add, just add a layer yes, there. Add a layer. And that fundamentally exists in human beings um, even if you're a very nonviolent person at some point um, if you value anything you will defend it if that thing right. is going to be removed or diminished or done away with and it's not and it doesn't mean you're a violent person it actually means you're a loving person willing to love something enough to protect it Right. So I, I was trying to distill my own values. I hope I, I hope I got that. I hope I got that across correctly there. But um, it, and that's not just an Antifa well, thing. That's a anybody anything yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. The right thing to do is to stand up to this kind of violence. And if the if the delegated authorities won't do it, yes, others are going to do it. And that's it's just it's a breakdown. A breakdown that has really large and lasting implications if. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, I believe in individuals banding together to get done what needs to be done. I like that. But in the case of law enforcement and protecting society, man, I just think it's the police that need to step in there and do something. Um, I agree. So, did you hear about Cruz? Because I'm not going to have all the details to this, but something like I, I don't know if he was encouraging that the federal government step in and some file suit or something against the. Is it, mayor or the 
oh, police chief, whatever, of Portland. But there, so these de details aren't perfect. You can find the details somewhere online wherever you get your news. But I don't know if it was just a suggestion or, or how seriously it was, but he's saying we need to take care of this now. That's interesting. I didn't hear that. I, all I heard was something about classifying Antifa as terrorists. Which well, maybe that was They it. should, but yeah. But I think also there needs to be suit filed against these so-called authorities that aren't yeah. they're they're in are they are they derelicting their duty or are they are they derelict of their duty? <laughs> it's to protect the people of Southeast Iowa. You can say it every one. <laughs> we're dar, dar we're, dar we're cigaring right now. <laughs> With all due respect to to anyone living south of here now. <laughs> no man. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I think I think it would be per perfectly appropriate for authority somewhere to step in and mm -hmm. try to exert some of that to keep peace and to keep to keep our way of life, our culture intact. Yeah. Um, you know, on, on some level, I would I would hate to be involved in, in a situation like that um, just because I'm I'm not that much older than you. I'm only 53, but it's like I'm kind of, I'm I would I would defend whatever means I needed to defend my family and some other people and but I'm I'm like gosh I don't I don't want to live in that kind of world where I have to no you don't yeah um, we're lucky to live in a place that's as peaceful as we do. we we are um, I might have mentioned this years ago on a podcast it's been a it's been a few years back um, I'll mention it because it's because it's a it's an appropriate story um, there was a young guy and a young woman outside of my sister's apartment and I had at least two kids in car seats in the car in the van and this girl had been out there for a few minutes I was coming back and had seen her earlier and saw her again and this guy came out and was talking to her really strongly wasn't yelling at the top of his voice but was definitely um, yelling at, was yelling not super loud at her and grabbed a hold of her and I I wasn't too far away and I have my two kids with me and I'm thinking okay I want to mm -hmm. step carefully here on what I'm willing to do and I just said as loud as I could I said hey and he said he said there's no problem here and I and I so whether or not you think this is an issue I've traveled a lot around the world I've seen people in different countries, particularly men, treat women differently in other countries in a way that I don't think is right. So whether this was racist or not, I don't care. Mm -hmm. He was probably Laotian, my best guess. And I said, I don't know how things are in your country, but here, when you grab somebody's arm, that's a problem. And he just took two steps back and walked on into his apartment. <laughs> and just left, huh? And just left. <laughs> So um, it was it was something I had to be real careful because my kids were with me. I couldn't just you know right. try to take care of this strange lady, although I wanted to do what I could. I don't know what happened beyond that. Right. Um, but it was something that I felt was necessary at the moment to, to say. And uh, I wouldn't have wanted it to go any further. I'm glad it didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy that sometimes in our culture today, that's all you need to say. Hey, knock it off. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will just back down. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I mentioned to talk about this cigar. Yeah, well, it's about time. Yeah, it's, it's time. Yeah, so you want to start? You want me to? No, you go ahead. Well, so what's surprising me is the softness. Mm -hmm. This is uh, 
and but it's, that's in a really good way. There is, there are a lot of flavors, but it's super soft. It's not strong. It's not bold. Like it's not like a deep dark cup of heavily brewed coffee. It's just this, almost like a. Maybe there's a hint of breadiness to it. The woodiness and breadiness is soft, a little bit sweet. Um, but there's some subtleties there I'm still trying to pick out. But it's not overpowering me at all. I'd say medium at the mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. Um, right now. And we're not, and it does start out with a small end and then get big right. in the middle. So we're no, I'm inch and a half away from the middle. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely not tasting any of the dirty Nicaraguan that I would think mm-hmm. I'd get from the binder. But it's smoking what I would say like a Dominican. Um, sweet. There's still some things I can't identify, and I'm, I I think I'm getting some kind of fruitiness that I can't put my hand put my finger on. Yeah. I was getting the, more of the fruitiness earlier, and I'm getting more of the breadiness now. So I'm guessing that the fruitiness was in the wrapper. Um, as I'm getting, you know, as the ratio is changing now, we're getting mm-hmm. le- getting more into the filler and and less into the wrapper. So. Uh, but yeah, it's staying soft and it's staying sweet. Mm. But that juicy fruit, man, that was... Uh, a li- it's fading a little bit to me, but it's still there. Yeah, and, and this is, I suppose, important to mention, and I wouldn't even have thought of it had you not mentioned it, but that's what's fun about a Perfecto, mm-hmm. because the ratio is different at the beginning, right. different in the middle, and it goes back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of the shape of the cigar. Um, you smoke a normal shape Corona or a Churchill they could tend to be consistent. There are things that can make them very little, but mm-hmm. this would be less consistent of any shape of cigar. Which I like. That. I mean, yeah. it's we've talked a lot of times about how it's nice when a cigar kind of settles into what it is, but at the same time with these perfectos, it's really it's a fun it's a fun journey to go from that ratio through that ratio change. I love it. So, I don't know if that fruit will come back for you, but. I'm gonna just reach and say apple or maybe citrus, which they're not similar, but um, there's something that's just not strong enough for me to pick yet. Earlier on, I was thinking that I was tasting like a currant or a cherry, very like at the very beginning. Uh, now I'm not so sure. Yeah. I'm... Oh. <laughs> Ow! Drop the ash on my jeans. Darn it. I thought <laughs> I went off early because I, I knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping that that would open up the draw a little bit too, maybe, but, um, yeah, I don't know, as far as, like, witch fruit, I don't know, it's just sweet, and it's, and I ate two of those little mini mandarin oranges on the way here, so that's probably, uh, it could be affected as well, but, but, but here, I was, I wanted to remember to say something, it was funny because that, while the fruitiness, I feel like, is transitioning into breadiness, there's enough of the fruit, fruity, like, left in my palate, it seems like, it's just like, just hanging in the background is just kind of nice. It's it's hard to tell. I'm leaning towards towards like I'll, I would almost. I, I hope it's not because you suggested. I would almost suggest like a mandarin, but it's still so light. Um, let's let's just we'll leave it at that. We'll we'll fiddle around with it a little more. There's more important stuff happening in our world. We need to <laughs> get to. And I don't know if we've uh, beat Antifa as much as we could. <laughs> Well, pun it, we didn't we didn't uh, talk about this ahead of the show, but I wanted to drop a topic, and it's maybe a good opposition opposing topic to Antifa. What's up with the Betsy Ross thing right now? I'm seeing this all over the place. They're talking about the Betsy Ross flag and how now the, the oh, Betsy Ross flag is going to be is going to be like a symbol of the Trump campaign, which is hey, that's pretty cool. I heard some um, pundits this morning talking about how she was the she was like the original 
liberated woman and all this stuff and what is the Betsy Ross flag because I don't know do you it's, know it's the 13 star circle okay all right so flag. here's what I know Nike released a shoe with a Betsy Ross flag on it Colin Kaepernick threw a fit and said you guys th this is stupid you need to this is offensive you need to stop doing that so they uh, called, called, they pulled it called back the shoes and so, so let me let me say this up front. If you wanted to black market, if you were Nike, and you wanted to quadruple the price of your shoes and inadvertently sell them on the black market, this would be perfect. <laughs> you could make a lot of money if they did it on purpose. Okay, that's a real stretch. Uh, I, I don't know if they I did, doubt it. but I'm just thinking, man, that would be brilliant. So. That, but that's what I know. I didn't hear the part that now people are saying, oh, we're going to make the Betsy Ross flag the, the... You know, I didn't hear that part, that they're going to make that, like, Trump the Trump it's, flag. It was all over Twitter this morning. Mm. I mean, pictures of the Betsy Ross flag and everything. Yeah, I, I heard some of this late late last night. It will be so. used, for sure. It was just fine with, fine with me, I guess. I didn't know the original story. It's too bad that it's dumb. It's a dumb yeah. circumstance. But. It, it, it is too bad. Um, so, anyway, that's anyway. all I have to say about that. Yeah, why, why couldn't it, Mr. Kaepernick, why couldn't it represent getting rid of slavery? The thing is, <clears throat> why does yeah, un unfortunately, Ka Kaepernick is showing his hand here. Because if you'll remember back when he first started kneeling, it was supposed to be in protest of police brutality. Mm -hmm. Now, nobody wants police brutality. I, I mean, that's a bad thing if, if the police are being too heavy-handed. The problem is, is that he's showing his hand now. He's really protesting America, yeah. and that's what all this kneeling now. I mean, we were watching. I was with a friend. We were watching some of that World Cup women's World Cup soccer, or whatever. They have that player, and to watch the world is watching World Cup. Right? It was the U.S. playing France, and we were sitting there watching it. And this, I don't even know her name, and I don't want to know her name. The pink-haired protester was kneeling for the national anthem on the World Cup stage, and I'm just like. That is just, she ought to be just kicked off the team. If I was the coach, she would not play. <laughs> Period. Oh, it made me so mad. But they're, they're not protesting police brutality anymore. They're, they're protesting America and everything that it is. And, man. So, I don't, I don't promote other podcasts much on the show because, um, I guess, I guess I'm promoting this one for a reason. Andrew Clavin, it would have been yesterday's podcast, I'm pretty sure was actually talking about the fact that, in, in his opinion, it looks like it's no longer like one party against another party anymore. It is now the against America party versus the for America yeah, party. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I didn't even think of that when I heard the, heard the Kaepernick and the, and the Betsy Ross flag stuff. It didn't even cross my mind because I heard the podcast after I heard the Carl Kaepernick stuff. But, but it does seem like he's right. Um, there are people that look at America as bad for whatever reason, and people look at America for, as good for whatever reason, and I, I hope that isn't just a continuing of the divisions that happen in our country. You know, it's like, um, but let's talk about what policy is best for the people that live here. Let's not, you know, let's not worry about, you know, that necessarily. I mean, I want to, I want to say it's a great country and I love it, um, Know, where else do you want to live in the well, world? That's my question. Yeah. Name a place that's better. I can't. 
name a place in the world that has less slaves than we do. <laughs> um, Touche. So anyway, um, so so yeah, that's that's the Betsy Ross flag thing, and I, I remember that now from history because she's the one that like sewed the yeah. maybe sewed or designed or she something like the that. First the, one. the first flag that that makes sense now. I my uh, my. Uh, Elementary school education <laughs> coming back to me. I, they probably don't teach that anymore. <laughs> probably don't have American history in you know, elementary school anymore. I don't know. It's a sad state. It is. It is. So, and the first name that went through my mind was Betsy Voss. I was thinking, oh, what education things are we <laughs> talking about now? That I don't even know that name. So. Yeah, she uh, either is or was the Department of Education person uh, for the United States, Betsy Voss. Um, so, well. Um, we probably talked enough about Americans. Should we talk about Hispanics at the border a little bit? Sure. <laughs> well, so, did you hear about AOC going to the border? Okay, so, the, the rough details, she went down basically with a probably a preconceived notion that everything down there was bad and tried to make it look bad instead of just you know, going down to see what's really going on seems to be very disingenuous but went down and basically said this is a horrible place and this um, this immigrant lady was forced to drink out of the toilets and, and this is it's a, this, these things need to be fixed whatever and, and uh, it just seems like she is down there with an agenda not to help it get better but to make it look worse than it actually is mm-hmm. and the the reason why this was important for my brain is because I oftentimes want to think of a political opponent as a good person and think, oh, they want to fix the same problem I want to fix. We can get together and fix the problem. But you can't fix the problem if their goal is to defeat your political party instead of fix the problem. Then it's a different agenda. It's no longer concern for people, concern for the issue, concern for policy. It's a concern for my party winning. And that looked like what she was doing. Um, and it was pretty appalling, if I can use a strong word. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to. I feel. I feel like I keep mentioning this this show over and over. But uh, Simon Conway, local local guy, uh, yesterday had the director of uh, border patrol or something. He was a very high up guy that's in charge of, or maybe he was the publicity guy for the whatever for the, the border patrol. I'm not sure, but he was livid about this stuff that, that had been said and how it was just outright lies. He was, I mean, he was just, he was not pulling any punches on AOC. He was just Man, like, I wish she I is a liar, that. she's a deceiver, this thing is not true, nothing she says is true, she's an evil person, what about this stuff? She's Satan, I didn't know that, the liar, the and, deceiver. <laughs> it was really, I mean, it was, wasn't funny, but uh, you can you can tell that, he and he was, he was mad because he's like, does she forget whose policies we're carrying out right now. These are like Obama-era policies, and it's her job to do something about it to change the policies. She's not doing her job and trying to change it. Instead, she's just trying to make it worse. I mean, like, and, and he, he went through the whole thing. Like, they're not drinking out of the toilet. This is an appliance. It has two water lines into it. It's a, pri- it's a prison toilet. Yeah. They do it to save space so people have more room in the cells. And, like, and he was, he was, he could tell he'd been on the phone all day. <laughs> you know? Combating these ideas and just he was he was living. Yeah, it's uh, the oh, what was there was there was another thing that happened with with regard to that. Shucks, I forgot what it was. Um, it wasn't just AOC. There was something else. 
Oh, the beds. Did you hear about the Wayfair protest? No. That was, um, so, somehow or another, the United States was going to buy beds. Had I think had the money already a lot of it was going to buy beds from Wayfair, if you don't know them, they're an online furniture place. Buy some beds so that they could have more beds at the border to fix the problem. Someone, I don't think it was AOC, but it could have been, someone, and it might have been someone at Wayfair, was lobbying the employees to protest and say, no, you can't send these beds to the border. And I'm thinking, why in the world would you do that? That's that's helping fix the problem. Why would you protest sending beds and to the border? And it's making your company money. What? Yeah, making your company money, making you money. Why would you not want this to be done? It's getting ridiculous. And there, gosh, I there's part of me that wants to think that the average person, regardless of the side of the political spectrum they fall on, they're going to look at this. Gosh, and just say it's ridiculous. I'm hoping, I'm praying that just normal average people, Democrat or Republican, won't matter. They'll look at this and they'll say, this is stupid. I don't really care about the party anymore. I want to fix this stuff. And honestly, I would like to see it landslide in 20 for Trump. Yeah. Not because people are stopping. Not because a Democrat says I want to stop being a Democrat, but because they say where the party's going is not where I'm going. My values as a Democrat actually are aligning better as a classical liberal, whatever they are, with Trump. Yeah. Um, I think aside from some kind of weird unrest or something, that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, the the average American person is a little bit has a little bit more common sense than this. It seems like it. Yeah. The the thing that throws a wrench in it is I wonder what I'm missing because I've. I think I get around enough to, I, I know how some Democrats, excuse me, how Democrats in this area think. I know how the Republicans think more, because that's kind of where I would land. I know some of the libertarian thoughts. But I don't know how and why uh, a leftist in a big metropolitan area, I don't understand why they think leftist. I understand that they're trying to pull the Democratic Party that way, but I don't understand that thinking. So I'm thinking as a small town person, what am I not getting? that this city person is getting. Are they just ridiculous and evil? I don't know that, I can't think that that many people are. I know there's a handful of people that are just evil and s silly, but not. I have an opinion. Okay. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's right. Um, and I'm not sure where I got this idea, but it seems to me that, because it couldn't be original. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> um, it seems to me that there is a, sort of high school-esque cool factor in hating the president. And I think that for some of these people, they have a, a, a health, they have a healthy distrust of the system, which I could agree with. You know, I have a healthy distrust of the system. Of, and, and so do you as a sort of a libertarian thinking person. We have, a health, we have what I'm going to call a healthy distrust. However, some of these people have sort of adopted this. It's really cool to have this distrust and hate the president because he's because he's a you know fill in the blank, call him whatever name you want. And I think it's there's no logic or reason behind it. It's just that it's cool, and all the cool people, and all the cool comedians, and all the cool actors, and all the cool whatever, and this this hip new these hip new uh, woke legislators are hating on the president, and that's. I'm part of this new, like, woke, you know, cool rebellion. 
I honestly think it doesn't go any deeper than that. I think it's it's a it's a high school politics, teenage a teenage politics move, and at the end of the day, it's not going to hold water. I mean, it's obviously not logical to break down the American way of life. It's just not. Yeah. Um, you know, and even if you're even if you're on the Democratic side and thinking you want a little more government involvement than I might want. I, I'm just I, I see a person that's on that side is still being smart enough to just see the ridiculousness of where the Democratic Party's going. I, I don't know. I, I hope I'm right, but I but I wonder how if there's pockets of I mean, there's a lot of people in cities. Yep. And it could be this giant echo chamber in the city and uh, that's a lot of votes. I guess I'm thankful that the rural area that we have the which which branch is it that isn't based on the number of people that's based on the electoral college yeah well no which bra- one branch the senate versus oh, yeah. the house one is one is based on you only get two the senate is the one you're talking about that's that's where you get it based on like land or something like that no the house the house is based on population okay and then the senate is is what's it based? I don't know the number of senators I think it's you just get is that where you just get two per whatever yeah state? I think so yeah and so. So I'm glad that it's unbalanced, so that where there aren't a large population of people, but it still covers a particular landmass, those, those votes are weighted. And I think that's right. I think that's a, a good way to do it. I'm glad that yeah. part of our government's there. Mm-hmm. But um, I can see, I've, I've heard Ben Shapiro say before that he's, he's always ticked that his vote in California doesn't account for as much as my vote in Iowa does. He's <laughs> like, okay, move. Yeah. Uh, you know, come, come over here in Oskaloosa, buy a house, you know, bring your family over. This is what's going to happen. Is I can tell you, we'll we'll do this until we quit, and it'll just be what it is. And then someday somebody will find it, and it'll be like this thing, like these two guys. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like fifty years from now, yeah. or seventy years from now, there's these two guys, and all the high school kids in some municipality will just latch onto this, and it'll be like it'll be like finding one of your when your dad's old. Yeah, punk records is what yeah, I'm saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, well, um, where, where were we? We were kind of talking about the, the podcast and wanting want to make, but just, yeah. I, I have, I try to remain hopeful. I, I, always, I often think you're a little more hopeful than me, um, and, I, and I worry if I listen to too much news, to too much media, if I get, I think I become more hopeful when I say, look, i got to worry about my four girls, my wife, my take care of my tenants, I want to get a tenant in this apartment so it's not empty for another month, uh, you know, maybe buy another property. I want to take care of the things I need to take care of with my responsibility. And sometimes I don't get what it's like. I know what it's like to follow a cause, but I don't get what it's like to not have a strong, and I don't have a super strong family background, but I don't get what it's like to not have a family background, not have anything but your six social causes on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm that you'll fight for and you'll dox anyone for and that's kind of your family. I don't Yeah. I don't get that. I think it's a small portion of the world, but I might be wrong. I think it probably I think it has to be a small portion. I think that if you look at a, the normal I just said normal people. But I think what I meant to say is the majority of people have a foundation for life, have a worldview that goes way far beyond the politics of the day. And I think that that's what we're trying to preserve. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, with, with, with the, I don't know if what you want to call it, conservatism or, or whatever. We're just trying to preserve 
freedom as we've known it. I think it's a pretty good thing. Um, I, I do too. I, I want to generally talk about asking people questions. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, questions will bring me back to the topic, but we're, we're due for an update. And uh, um, this is, uh, this cigar's good. Really liking it. Um, and I like the fact that it's not super strong. It's just what I wanted today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's honestly, I'm not, I think I, I'm glad I'm not noticing a lot of Nicaraguan-esque stuff in it. Um, but maybe there's just a hint there that's, that's, that's making it nice, but it's smoking like a lot of good Dominican cigars that I like, mm-hmm. which is kind of why I like Christophs. Um, it's interesting that it's this mis- mysteriously, uh, what they call it, the mysteriously undisclosed filler leaves. Yeah, I'm really curious as to what that could be. Yeah, I, who knows? And then I always, as a marketing person, I always wonder, did they just use normal leaves and then call it mysteriously to get us to imagine <laughs> to, to, to something? To imagine something else. I wonder that too. I, in fact, when you as soon as you read that, that's where my mind went. Like, oh, okay, it's just the leftovers. They just yeah. slapped a fancy shape <laughs> and a fancy wrapper on it. It's <coughs> uh, unfortunately spin, spin, and marketing are almost synonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, you you want to you want to trust the people you buy from. You want to trust what they're doing. But you have to realize everyone's out there selling a product or selling sure. something. Um, I was curious about when you were reading the description. So this is a really limited run. Do they not? Do they? So it's a small batch, but do they make new batches all, all the time? Or um, I don't know. Um, so I'll have to. We'll have to come back and look that up. I was surprised because that's not many. You know, if, yeah. if they made two thousand ten count boxes, that's only twenty thousand cigars. I mean, you know, an average cigar that they're going to make every year, they're probably making in the millions, not mm-hmm. twenty thousand. Wow. Um, and I don't, I don't know if this is still available. I didn't look. Maybe it's not even available anymore. If it was that quick of a run, I might have just been online at the right time. It's possible buying some of the other Christophs and saw this one. So, well, and I, and I'd have to say, this is probably marketed. It's, it's at the. I would say it's not at the higher end of what we buy. I'd say it's at the lower end of really pricey cigars. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, this is getting up there in the, you know, close to the $20 cigar. Um, I bought two of these online, and that was, I think, I don't know if that was a good price. I didn't shop around that they had them. And so, but, um, so, what, so what are we taking? We need to, we're, this is the third update. We need to, um, we need to nail this down here. It's getting breadier, I think. <clears throat> the fruit is fading. Yeah, I'm not getting the fruit as much. I, I think I'm getting, I would call it bready and not as woody. I, I'd call it wood in the beginning, but. Yep. I'd have to agree with you there. Still, still a light sweetness uh-huh. that I like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make claim to a, to a little bit of nuttiness, but I need to find out if that, is that bell pepper still there? I don't know, that was kind of in the fruit category there for me. I think you're right. I think that, that bell pepper taste was, was was some of that fruitiness, and I'm not sure it's there now, but we're just past center, so we're going to start getting... Um, tapering again. Yeah. 
we're going to start getting a little bit more which, into more wrapper. Which is always always bothers me because it gets you want to just keep smoking because it's getting better. Usually yeah. for me, it's getting better and better and better as it, as it comes to the end. Yeah, they, we don't we don't have a cigar clip or <laughs> whatever yeah, they're right. called. Or, um, I, I did see a device online, and I think they went out of business. They didn't sell very many. It was a device where you kind of it's going to be hard for a listener to get, but you held it. Imagine a syringe when you're holding the syringe in between two fingers and push and plunging mm -hmm. it down with your thumbs. Yeah. So when you plunged it down, it gripped the cigar somehow, yeah. like a like a little. It wasn't a wire, but it was like a device over the tip of it. So you could just put it on the tip and kind of plunge down, and it would hold it. And so you could still draw down to like maybe half an inch if it didn't get too hot. Interesting. It's some ventilation. It is getting pretty smoky in here because the last couple times we smoked, it was cooler outside, and we uh, we um, we had the windows open. This is it's it's foggy. This is a efficiency apartment, so it's how many square feet we got got in here? I'm not sure. I think I listed for 400. I don't know if it's quite 400 or not, but pretty close. It's gonna be pretty close. But um, I'm gonna hope that more of that fruit fruity. I'm gonna a little just a hint. Tart. You were saying cherry. I might. I might say citrus. But sometimes that got like a tart cherry and a citrus can be close. So you want to add any more? Nope. It's. Okay. A, I mean, it's really a it, as distinct as that sweet fruit was at the beginning. It's really mellowed out. So it's like it's just really kind of just that. Just a real mild, pleasant, smooth, ready, yep. sweet cigar. That's that's what I'm agreeing. And that's. Kind of what I like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, um, that's that's why I'm enjoying this so much. So, well, um, foreign policy was yeah. Was we need to go there a little bit. Interesting. Uh, we can Korea, Iran. Where are we? Where are we gonna go? Well, here's the thing. I so okay. We've been talking about this political opposition that we're seeing. This sort of like mindless opposition. No matter what the president does, or no matter what the that's it, opposed because he's Trump. And what I love about this president, and I hope that it, he's, is that he's changing the culture. And I hope that he's, it's a permanent change. I hope that the American people get a taste of this. Hey, listen, we don't want to play by these establishment rules anymore. Yeah. We don't want to play these petty political games. We want to actually see some actual real change happen. If I have a problem with somebody, the best the best thing I can do is go to that person and try to build a bridge, try to find commonality, and try to express what the problem is and can we solve the problem. Yeah. And to me, that's what I see the president doing in his foreign policy. He went to Asia for this G20 summit. He didn't play by all the rules and like and do this high school thing where like you're not in our club and we are going to ostracize you, Kim Jong-un, we're going to ostracize you, China or whatever. Instead, he's trying to build bridges, he's trying to make deals, and he's trying to actually move forward and actually do what he says he wants to do. I think that's a huge asset. And yet, all we've seen so far is like all this rhetoric about, oh, he went and he shook hands with Kim Jong-un, or he's placating, he's, you know, make, being, he's more friendly with him as, than he is to Europe or whatever. And I'm like, guys, this isn't, this isn't high school. This isn't yeah. like a click thing. This is this is real policy and real people and really there's a lot at stake here. And so yeah, I mean, I don't know what more to say. That's just the way I take it. Well, and there's something to be said 
regardless of how deep or not deep an acquaintance is, the the more of an acquaintance you have, the more of a relationship you have with someone, the more trust there is. Whether you're drinking beer with somebody once a week and in two years you kind of trust them a little more because you've hung out with them. Whatever it is, you develop a little bit of trust and I think on the, on the world stage, I can't imagine how hard it would be because you're not going to be with the person. You're not going to be talking to them that much. But so it's so in some sense it's shallow, but if there can develop any trust there, the best thing Trump could, could be is a businessman influencing uh, Kim Jong-un. Mm -hmm. uh, and just saying, you know, look, I don't know if this dictator thing is the best way to go. Have you ever thought about all the resources you have. How's it working out for you? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, think you, got, you think you got money now because you're in charge of everything. What if you just let your cut your economy loose? Think how much money you would have. I mean, that would, it, it's still a, it's still selfishness, but still, it would be better for the world right. if they went towards a free capitalist economy. Right. Um, so... Well, even, even with uh, some of the China policy stuff, too, not just... I don't want to just talk about North Korea, yeah, but yeah. Um, some of the China policy, we had, we kind of, uh, well, I'm trying to remember now, um, we had a little bit of a concession this week in that we were going to stop additional tariffs on some of the Chinese goods. Oh, it was uh, Huawei or whatever. That, oh, I didn't hear about it. Okay. Uh, so now we're going to allow American companies to do business with Huawei. Is it Huawei? Is that my saying that right? Yeah, I think so. That's um, what I've heard. And... And we're going to loosen up some of those restrictions in, 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 the, in the interests of making these big deals happen. And to me, that shows that shows me, hey, we're willing to, this is a two-sided thing, we're willing to work, we're willing to make a deal, you know? And I don't know, I, I have my own privacy concerns with Huawei and all of that, but that's something that needs to be managed on an individual level, probably more than on a... Now, granted, I mean... We can't be as a country letting other. We can't be letting other countries in on all of our communications and harvesting all the information on our people. That's not in our best interest either. Yeah. But the bigger interest is getting some of these agricultural deals done. The biggest interest is opening up these markets. And and uh, I just think that some of the talks and some of the back and forth that's happening is really, really good, or could be really, really good. I see. I, I have. My concerns, of course, but just to bag on everything that Trump does because he's Trump. That's all I'm seeing from the Democrats. Yeah, it's the well. It, so I, I thought this a minute ago, and I, it, it warrants mentioning because of where media and the internet is today. If you, it, it's really hard anymore to to ban or boycott something because if you start saying, "Hey," tell all your friends not to watch this video. You've just promoted the video and called yeah. all your friends to promote the video. The Streisand effect. Isn't that what that maybe is? <laughs> I, I, I've heard that before, but I can't yeah. remember what it is. But anyway, um, but yeah, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And so the more they argue against Trump, the more they're kind of putting him in the spotlight, which whether you're a leftist or not, you're saying, oh, this happened to Trump, really? You're at least going to be trying to get the information, maybe more so than what somebody shared with you. And so the chance of you getting correct information is actually a little bit higher you know, than if you mm -hmm. just said, oh, I don't like Trump. 
So there's kind of this anti anti promotion is promotion. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's what is. that's how the saying goes. And so I'm wondering if that's like, gosh, I mean, where would Trump be if they just didn't talk about him anymore? I don't know because he talks about himself enough. They talk about him. Everybody's talking about him. That's why he's so good. He makes them talk about mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about what this cigar is supposed to taste like, and then we can just be friends with the podcast off and smoke <laughs> the rest of it because we're getting down to the wire here. So, um, final, final cigar. Um, let me tell you what we're supposed to taste, and then we'll give you our last opinions. You should expect a medium to full-bodied experience. I think it's more on the medium side. Featuring peppery notes all the way through with a creamy wood flavor leading into notes of citrus. Well, I'm saying medium bodied because it's been light and I liked I like that. There was lots of flavor but not too much strength, not not really any punch from the nicotine. I'm not sure I got peppery notes, or at least I think when they say peppery notes, I think they're meaning spicy peppery. I didn't get yeah, any I didn't get any of that at all, so I would disagree there. Um, they're saying creamy wood. I I would say bready. I'm gonna stick to breadiness, but I can see I where. I can see it either way. Yeah, I can I can see those two being kind of close. Um, notes of citrus, maybe that's. Yeah. And uh, certainly some fruitiness. I think yeah. you could. And that's a little bit subjective. But. Yeah, it, it is. And I, and I know we were getting that, particularly when we were getting more wrapper to filler ratio. We'll see what happens towards the end here. But um, this has been the Christoph Woodland Perfecto, which is six and a half inches long, 60 right in the middle, and skinnier, obviously, on both ends. But $14 a stick. Um, I love this cigar. Mm -hmm. Um, I would I would spend this money again a few times a year yeah, <laughs> to, to sure. have this one in my collection if they're available. I mm -hmm. sure hope they are. So yeah. uh, um, curious as to how they might change if they are doing this small batch thing. Yeah, because if they make them next year, they may not right. have the same mysterious tobaccos right. that they had this year. So uh, so anyway, um, we're gonna let's let's call it good. I, I think I'm happy with what we talked about. I'm happy with cigar. Glad to glad to finish smoking it off the record here in a minute. So thanks for joining us. This has been DougAndJoeTalk.com. Talk to you next time.